A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 10. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a joyful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and multiply your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. God. Amen. Thanks, Pete. Um, firstly, uh, can I add my welcome to Lucy's? You are so, so welcome here. Uh, my name's John. Together um, with Hannah, we get the privilege of leading this community. Uh, I do think, I genuinely do think it's amazing that you come to church. So um, well done you uh, for being here. Give yourself a pat on the shoulder or something. Um, we are in the... Um, it was like it was more... Um, uh, we are in uh, the penultimate week of our series, A Church of the Way. We're asking ourselves this question, what kind of church does our city need? Or even maybe taking that a bit further, what kind of church does God need us to be? We've journeyed through, uh, we've talked about uh, delighting in God in worship, bringing him glory, being formed in his image through our practices and called into a family on mission as we seek together a move of God in our city. Last week, Emily spoke, and it was a, a beautiful Sunday, baptizing nine people who were publicly declaring that Jesus was Lord of their life, and they were committing to follow him as we welcomed them into the family. And so um, this week, I want to talk about how we become a church that is known for its generosity. You know, we have a vision here uh, to follow the way of Jesus, playing our part in the renewal of the city. And as we pursue that vision, we want to be a church that continues to grow and is known for its generosity, not in an end of itself, but because ultimately we want to be a church that is full of love. You, cannot, uh, give, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And so that's what we want to think about and speak into today. Um, we encourage everyone here uh, who is part of... That's not on. Uh, who is part of St. Mary's um, or becoming part of St. Mary's to do three things. Uh, and if you like, they are our ABCs uh, to uh, being a part of our community here. So firstly, A is for attend. We encourage everyone here to attend uh, on a Sunday because your voice matters as we worship together. Your voice and your presence here matter. They encourage one another and they add to the chorus that is happening. Happening here, And we also encourage you to attend Alpha, to be part of the exciting journey of seeing people discover faith and even growing in yours. And so secondly, we encourage you to be is for belong. 
and belong to a table that we've just heard about, smaller groups gathering across the city uh, to connect in and grow in faith together, and also to belong to a team. Great ways to meet people and go on a journey as you serve together. And then lastly, I encourage you to commit. Commit to prayer, uh, both personally and corporately. We gather at various times to do that. Uh, and Oh, you've been doing it for me. Thanks, Tim. Um, I've just realized I've got a clicker. Um, uh, and also to give. It's that last one of financial giving we are going to focus on today. Now, um, I know that from watching the news and having conversations with Hannah, with my friends, everyone is thinking about money right now. There are financial pressures and uncertainty that are providing the backdrop to this talk, which is why it is something that it is crucial for us to engage with. You know, as we uh, read the Gospels, the, the accounts of Jesus's life, you'll notice that Jesus spoke about money a lot. He spoke about money during times of political instability, through economic struggles, and he addressed both the haves and the have-nots, not because he was concerned about the cost of inflation, not because he was concerned about the economic fallout of war, but because he cared deeply about the hearts of those who were following him. See, Jesus cares deeply for you. He has a deep care and concern for your inner world. He longs for you to discover a faith and a freedom when it comes to financial security as we put our trust and faith in him, to live under the spirit of abundance and not from a mindset of scarcity. And so if you are here today and you are really struggling financially right now, I want to start by saying, please do not do that silently or alone. We are a community here and we would love to draw alongside you. Uh, we can signpost you to organizations that we partner with like uh, Christians Against Poverty and other places. If you want help with your budgeting, there's a money course starting in the city on Tuesday and we'll be running one later in the year. Please do not suffer in silence or alone. But wherever you are at right now, whatever stage of life you're in, and whatever your balance says right now, there is freedom on offer for you today. There is freedom on offer for you today in the way of Jesus. And I believe that that freedom, now more than ever, is vitally important for his church and the city that it serves. Uh, so today, uh, if you will, if you'd entertain me, um, I, I want to encourage us to start not from a place of scarcity, not from a place of what we don't have or worry, but look to the way of Jesus and start from a place of God's abundance, God's generous love for his people, and then work out what kind of church do we want to be in response. Uh, and so, uh, Pete uh, just read from 2 Corinthians 9. This is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And I just want to pick out a few things that I think uh, we can notice from this passage today. And the first one is this, that God specializes in multiplication. 
It says this, he, God, who supplies the seed will multiply your store and enlarge the harvest. I want to say today that for anyone who thinks that their life or even their contribution is too small to make a difference, that with God, no one's life is too small. No one's contribution is too insignificant to make a difference. For whatever you give to God, he will multiply. Whatever you sow, he will bring back and reap generously. Paul is using this uh, agricultural metaphor uh, to speak to his listeners. They would have been extremely familiar with this kind of language. Um, But ultimately what he's trying to say in this first part is this. If you want to change what you're getting, well then change what you are giving. And this principle doesn't really just apply to uh, financial giving. I'd say it applies to almost everything in life. It applies to forgiveness. Jesus says, forgive and you will be forgiven. And so if you want to be someone uh, who experiences forgiveness, well then be generous in the way that you forgive. It applies to our words. If you want to be someone that receives lots of compliments and encouragements and just kind of feels good every day, well then give compliments and encouragements the most likely response is that you will receive them back. And then with your love, if you want to experience more love in your life, well then give love. The more you love, the more love you give, the more you will likely receive. You see, as you give of yourself, you invest into God's economy and he will make you more than you could ever be by yourself. This is the kingdom formula of multiplying and multiplying. And when I pause to think about where we have come from, where we have been, I am astounded at the multiplication that we have seen. I am, first of all, I am continually absolutely amazed by the generosity, the radical generosity of our community here, who give of their time on teams and uh, to each other in tables, who give of their talents, like the music or the kids or uh, those at the marketplace, and also who give their money. I am absolutely so amazed by the generosity of the people here. I want to give you one small example of how God is multiplying our giving. I think back to planting into this building uh, four years and one week ago. Before that day, we were 30 people meeting in Hannah and I's living room, crammed in, dreaming about what might be, dreaming about what could become of this little gathering. And look at what God has multiplied. Last week, we had over 500 people here across our three services worshipping Jesus. And at our first church plant in St. Wynne's in Totten last week that we sent out last year, there was another 120 people gathering in that place. If you had said to me four years ago that, John, in four years, there will be 24 times the amount of people meeting on a Sunday, I would have said, I do not believe you. But God specializes in multiplication. Each one of those numbers is a life. Each one 
of those numbers is a life on a journey towards Jesus. What a total joy it is to be part of what God is doing in our city here. It takes a little offering of what we have. And God, in his economy, multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. So second thing I want us to notice from this passage is this. What starts small then grows. It says this in verse 6. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So sowing starts with a single seed. So don't say that your contribution is too small or too insignificant because everything big one day started small. In uh, Matthew 13, uh, Jesus says, look at the mustard seed. He says this, like you don't look at, um, uh, sorry, look at the mustard tree. You don't look at a tree and think, um, I just have this little seed. It could never become that. So what I'm going to do is just not start. I'm not going to dig the soil. I'm not going to put it in. I'm not going to wait for it to grow because it's just too big. It's too, too much for me uh, to imagine. He says, no, you start with a seed of faith. And as you sow it, it will eventually become a tree. You know, in these last four years, since our small beginnings in that living room, we've seen ministry and mission grow and grow and grow. I was here on Wednesday night uh, as we opened up the doors for Alpha again. And you know what? More people came. There were about 60 people here around little tables talking about the meaning of life and exploring the person of Jesus, some many for the first time. And we're continuing to hear stories of people who have been invited to Alpha by one of you guys and their whole life is transformed and renewed. Last week we heard in the evening Paddy's story who said this, I begrudgingly took part in an Alpha course under the agreement of professional development with my friend. It was because of God's unconditional love that in my first group prayer, the Holy Spirit warmed my once faithless heart. It is because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that I now know it is only with his strength and the love that he has gifted to me through all of you that my fears, my anxieties, my depression and my sin will never defeat me. Can we have a round of applause for that? You know, since that small beginning in 2018, we've had over 500 people come and do Alpha here with us in the building and online, each of them experiencing a generous welcome and a seat at the table as they explore the way of Jesus. I also think back to when COVID hit a few years ago. You know, we had just said, I just said we'd had a vision Sunday. And I just said here that when the city has a problem, we want the city to run to us and say, could you provide a solution? And then at a blink of an eye, our whole world changed. And amazingly, amazingly generously, this little church said, we don't have much but how could we help? 
In the middle of a global pandemic, uh, we extended generosity to our neighbors by starting a little delivery food bank. And uh, that small seed of offering uh, grew and grew. And we eventually served over 100,000 meals to our local community. Uh, but, um, and last week, uh, that, how that, now that has changed from a food bank into a um, social supermarket here that we call the Marketplace, serving hundreds of people across our city. That marketplace with Sophie and her team is now planting other marketplaces uh, across the city, uh, serving more hundreds of people in different areas. And two of the people that we met through the marketplace were standing here on this stage last week, telling their story of how Jesus transformed their lives before they were baptized. And they said this, I hadn't left the house for 18 months. Now my eyes have been opened to God and I have put my trust in Jesus. You see, when the world was closing down, we opened ourselves up. We opened ourselves up and said, Lord, what do you need us to do? That was the only possible because of the generosity of those in this room and beyond who sowed into our vision of playing the renewal, playing their part in the renewal of the city. What if, what if today, as things are closing down again, as people are closing down again, as people are huddling around trying to protect themselves and so many for such good reason. But what if we continued to open ourselves up again? To open ourselves up, to point away to some of the city's biggest and greatest problems and play our part in the renewal of what God is doing. So at the moment, we um, are starting on uh, developing a network of warm spaces around the city, uh, including here for the city's most vulnerable this winter, so that on every day, in as many locations as possible, some, uh, there's, everyone has somewhere warm to go. Have a welcome, a cup of tea, a hot water bottle, and someone to befriend them. You know, we're also closing in uh, on one of our second, uh, 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 planting into a second site this year. We are partnering with bringing revitalization and the renewal of Jesus's church. One uh, part of our vision for that new site is for um, us to become a cultural and kind of creative voice and hub of um, renewal and creativity throughout our city. Our engagement with schools is growing. We've been invited into more spaces and places to be emotional, spiritual and mental well-being support for children and young people across the city. We are running school holiday clubs this half term for local schools. We are growing our prisons and caring for ex-offenders ministry we're writing and singing more of our original songs of hope and freedom and there are just way too many other things to tell you about in this short time that we have but I share that to say this is what it means for us to be a church of the way a church of the way of Jesus was never meant to be contained in a building it was never meant to be contained to Sunday gatherings, but the church was always designed to flow out and permeate society, uplifting and giving hope to everyone, to every corner of culture, every sphere of society. And so could you imagine with me 
in the years to come, next year, five, ten years, can you imagine the stories we'll be telling? Can you imagine the stories we'll be telling as, as the world closed down, we opened up as a church and said, Lord, what do you need us to do? Which brings us to the third thing to notice. As you trust, God blesses. Verse 7 says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Paul says this because he knows that giving is a matter of the heart. Jesus in uh, Matthew 6 says this, You cannot serve both God and money. He says this to reveal that the thing that you serve, in other words, the thing that you spend your time on, put your trust in and live for, is ultimately what your heart is devoted to. And you cannot live with a divided heart. You see, Jesus says that not because he's after all of your money. I would imagine that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords doesn't necessarily need my pennies. Jesus says that not because he is after all of your money, but because he is after all of your heart. You see, our hearts, they deal in so many different currencies. What do we do with our time, our personal space, our possessions? All of that, it reveals what we care about. It reveals uh, what we prioritize and ultimately what we put our trust in. But I think that the bank statement is the best heart monitor, the best practical heart monitor that I know. You see, once I've paid out all the stuff that I have to pay, utilities, broadband, rent, or, or mortgage if you're lucky enough, and food, what does the rest of my spending and giving say about my priorities and my preferences? What does it say about what my heart trusts in? You know, that can be a difficult question to ask yourself, but it's an essential question to ask because money issues are heart issues and heart issues are trust issues and trust issues are faith issues. Our um, three-year-old son does not struggle with faith. Um, he has an older brother who has learned to swim recently and when we were away um, we really saw that faith come into action particularly around swimming pools uh, which was a bit of a test of Hannah and I's faith um, uh, this kid loves running and jumping into swimming pools um, and because he's three he naturally cannot swim uh, and so we have a flotation device for him called a puddle jumper um, and he puts the, puts the puddle jumper on uh, it is actually called that um, uh, and he, uh, he jumps into the pool and then he just pops back up uh, and he's um, happy as Larry on the surface of the water. Uh, but because he sees his brother without a puddle jumper who's learned to swim he's thinking I have faith for that I believe, I believe I can swim. Uh, and so he has learned how to take it off, or if he does, hasn't learned how to take it off, he makes it very clear that he wants it off. Um, and then he just runs and jumps into the pool, um, often uh, without us being ready and never uh, waiting for us to count uh, him in. He is fully confident that we will catch him. And he puts all of his faith in those in the water. And I believe that we have an opportunity in this moment to decide where are we going to put our faith? 
Are we going to put our faith and security into the stuff that we can hold on to? Into stuff that we can grasp at? Or are we going to put our faith and security in a trustworthy God? Is it only going to be when times are okay or comfortable that we lean on the goodness of God? Or is it going to be in times when, there, when it's hard, when there is pressure, when there is adversity, are we going to continue to hold firm, to keep walking in faith and trusting in God? Because if we do that, if we go for the latter of holding firm, look at what happens when we give of ourselves. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In all things, at all times, with abundance, God blesses those who put their faith in him. When everything is shouting at you, you cannot do this. When the world is screaming, you cannot afford to give right now, Jesus is saying, but do you trust me? I have everything that you need. I give these talks uh, twice a year um, uh, for two reasons. One, firstly, as your vicar, as the leader of this community, I deeply care about your heart. I deeply care about the freedom that your heart is experiencing. And I long for those who have not discovered the freedom of generosity to give it a go to try it out and put their trust in Jesus. And secondly, I give these talks twice a year because I find these days so helpful because we get to consider where are we at right now and how much do we want to put our faith in Jesus? You see, one of the best mechanisms that I've experienced for shifting my trust onto Jesus is on days like today when Hannah and I get to consider how much do we want to sow? What's going to stretch us? What's going to be exciting to live by? And we can make that decision in freedom because you cannot outgive God. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. He will abundantly bless you with all that you need at all times. God is love and you cannot love without giving. The context of our passage today, the way that um, Paul has teed it up for us is this, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. And so today you are invited to put your trust in a God of love who is able to bless you abundantly, to discover a joyful generosity of freedom and living in abundance, trusting in a multiplying God who takes our small bits of seed, who takes the things that we are able to scatter, sows them and then blesses us with everything that we need at all times, even, even when things are against us. When day-to-day -day life is a challenge, when there is financial fear, when there's political and social instability, uh, when there is division and there's protesting in the streets, when the world is suffering and crying out for change, the church of the way of Jesus is called to stand in the gap between captivity and freedom, 
between despair and hope, between division and unity, and say, there is a better way to live. And it is found in the joyful generosity of a king who has laid down his life for you, has given you everything that you could possibly need so that you can discover that freedom and go and do the same for others. So what are we going to do? As a church of the way of Jesus, what is our response going to be? Here's the last thing I want us to notice. We all get to play. Uh, Each of you, says this in uh, verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion because some weird guy at the front is talking about it. For God loves a joyful giver. Notice that first bit, each of you. You see, we all get to play We all get to play our part. You know, our target uh, for our annual uh, budget is is unlikely to be met by one single person. Although if you would like to do that, I'd love to chat. Um, But the exciting part of our giving, the exciting part of sowing together is that we get to do it together. As we stand shoulder to shoulder, putting our trust in Jesus, saying, this is what I want to generously bring to the table, my little offering. And so what I want to say is don't count yourself out or think that someone else is going to pick up the bill. And don't be misled by this beautiful, huge building that we've inherited, which turns out it's quite expensive to run. Uh, And don't be deceived by the hot coffee or, or the great music. There is so much more for us to do. There is just so much more. And we need everyone's contribution to make that possible. You see, the only group of people who give to St. Mary's is St. Mary's. Sure, we win a couple of grants, but that's only made possible because of the generosity of those who have given to the life of our church, and that's you and me. The only people that give to this church is this church. So when it comes to giving, one of the things that I find helpful to have in my mind's eye is a picture of a ladder. You see, uh, when it comes to giving, for some of you, you're already on the ladder. You're giving away some of what you have, and the excitement comes is when you see how far you can step out in faith, putting trust in the Lord. And so step by step, you can grow in your living, in, in your giving. And this is why we do this twice a year, so we can assess and reassess and readdress our giving. And for some of you, you're not on the giving ladder yet. And it can sometimes feel like, gosh, how could I possibly climb that? Like, where do I even start? To go from zero to hero just seems like a big jump. And I want to encourage you today, just start. Just get on the ladder and then see where your journey of generosity takes you. The Bible talks about a 10% tithe, which I think gives us a helpful benchmark because I think if you don't have a guide, it's difficult to know where to start. And for some of us right now, that is way too much money. It's just unfeasible. But for some of us and others in the room, that won't be enough because the percentage is not the point. 
It's your heart that is the point. It's your spirit of generosity that is the point. So whatever you do, do not count yourself out because you think that you're starting too small or your contribution won't make a difference. And don't think that you don't think to count yourself out because you feel like I'm not ready or I'm not able right now. Start with what you have. Don't wait for what you don't have. And so today, I want to share an exciting and faith-filling number with you. Um, I, this is really faith increasing for me. Uh, for us to continue investing into our vision here of playing our part in the renewal of the city, to seeking to serve those around us and love well, we need to see an increase of £20,000 for the rest of this financial year. What an exciting number. £20,000 seems like a lot for an individual. We have had a lot of people uh, join our community over the last six months or so. And so uh, to get to £20,000, all that would take is 25 new givers at our average monthly amount of £130 a month. We'd be there in six months. If everyone who is regularly committed here, who is uh, on a table and on a team and coming on a Sunday uh, regularly, if everyone gave £10 extra from where they are, if they took a £10 step up the ladder, we would achieve that number by Christmas. It's what we are able to give together that is exciting. And so that's uh, what we're going to do now. We're going to consider how each of us might respond with a heartfelt generosity, not under compulsion, not out of a sense of reluctant guilt, but from a joyful generosity in, resp- in response to a joyfully generous God. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite everyone forward, and there's, um, this is going to sound less weird than it feels, um, uh, as uh, this is an act of worship. Ultimately, our hearts, our offerings, are acts of worship to a God who has first loved us. And so, um, first thing to say, if you are visiting or if you are not a regular church goer or here, then please do not feel under any compulsion to give. Uh, If you'd like to stay in touch, uh, we'd love to stay in touch with you. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you to uh, fill out a card, uh, put your name, email on there, and we'd love to say hi, or just draw a picture and make us smile, because um, it just makes us quite happy when we're sorting through the cards. Um, uh, Those of us uh, who are here at St. Mary's, I would like to invite you to pray and consider, could you join in and start giving today if you are already giving how can you continue to generously sow into our vision of playing our part in the renewal of our city